Well done, choir. Well done. Well done, choir. Well done. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, no. Well done, choir. Well done. Yeah. Okay, good. Well done, Joe. Well done. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Good morning, church. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Beautiful day, is it not? The Lord has given us some great weather in July. Uh, and I've enjoyed it. I hope that you are. I'm glad uh, that you've chosen to be here. Uh, it is a, a great and a good day to be in the house of the Lord. It is the, the Lord's day set aside for us to gather and worship and rest and prepare for the challenges of the week. We are in the fourth week of our series out of the book of Proverbs that I've referred to as the upside down, inside out life because it really does kind of teach us to live very differently than most of us are doing. We have been talking a lot about the fact that life is a series of forks in the road and that every time we move down the road, we encounter one of these forks and one, one direction is the, the path to wisdom. The other direction is the, is the road uh, to foolishness. Well, today I want to continue this. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. And as you're turning there, I want to I want to tell you a couple of things about this chapter. One is I really wish we had time to do the entire chapter. It really is that good, and we really don't have that much time, but it is a great chapter. Two, there ought to be some some rather practical things for you this morning that that you might want to uh, prepare to jot down, maybe take a few notes this morning, not because of the value of what I'm going to say to you, but because of what you're going to encounter in the Scripture as we as we uh, get into Proverbs chapter 8. So I hope that you found uh, Proverbs 8. I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you, and all God's people said thank you very much. Uh, we, we will deal with more of the chapter than I'm going to take time to read this morning, so I encourage you to keep your text open where you can get to it. And again, you might want to might want to jot some things down this morning. Maybe that the Lord has uh, has something that He wants to speak into you, and that you'll want to hang on to after we get through. Let's pray together. Father God, we are grateful for this day. Grateful for Your great love. We thank You that You are all powerful and all knowing and all present. Uh, God, that that is beyond any of our and all of our comprehension to know how that is true. But God, I believe that it is because Your Word tells us repeatedly that you are all-knowing and all-powerful and all-present. Uh, God, and we thank you that that is the case, that regardless of where we are on the face of this earth, that you're there uh, to, 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 uh, to be Lord and to be God and to be Creator, and they're available for us to reach out and touch and to, to, to talk with and to talk to and to hear from. God, we, we are grateful that that's, that's who you are. Father, I know today there are some that trust in chariots and others trust in horses, but we trust in you, God. We trust in what you've said to us and this word that you've given us. We know it to be infallible and inerrant and all-consuming. Uh, all God, there, there's nothing, nothing more that needs to be added to your word except our obedience. And I just pray, Father, that you help us to be obedient today, uh, to be open to your word, to be open to you, and, Father, to be prepared to receive what it is that you would speak into us so that we can be different when we leave this place than when we came in. Father, we ask this for your great glory and our good. In the blessed name of Jesus, I pray, amen and amen. And all the Lord's people said, amen. amen. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? 
On the heights beside the way at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. You know, in this passage, the writer of Proverbs uses a figure of speech that we refer to as personification. And, and, and what, what I mean by that is as you look at this chapter, wisdom actually speaks to us like a person would. Now, of course, as wisdom speaks to us, it's important to remember that wisdom personified is actually Jesus. So this is Jesus speaking to us through wisdom, through this personification of wisdom. And, and just know that he is, he is the perfect example of wisdom personified. And so as we look at it this way, and as we talk about what wisdom is saying to us, remember that it really is Jesus speaking to us through his word and through wisdom. And, and, and the first thing that we encounter as we begin this chapter, it, I'm sure you saw it when we read it together, but look carefully. The first thing is this, that wisdom does not wait for us to find it. Did you notice that? You know, sometimes we think that we have to be on a journey to find wisdom, that we have to go get wisdom, that, that we, have to, we, we have to be on this, this intentional pursuit of wisdom. But notice what the beginning of the chapter says, that wisdom does not hide from us, that wisdom does not retreat from us. Instead, watch, wisdom moves toward us. Wisdom meets us at the crossroads. Wisdom meets us at every fork in the road. And I want you to think about that with me for a moment because whenever we come to a fork in the road, what that means is that wisdom is already there. Not to mock us, not to humiliate us, but, but, but to be there to help us. Imagine, if you will, that as you're on this journey of life and that every crossroads you come to, every fork in the road that you come to, wisdom is there waiting on you. You don't have to wait on wisdom. You don't have to look around for wisdom. You don't have to wonder where wisdom is. Wisdom is already at the crossroads. Wisdom is already at the fork in the road. When you arrive, wisdom is already there. Now think, think with me. Wisdom is there to help you. That means that wisdom will never point you down the road to foolishness, but only down the path of wisdom. So remember, imagine you're at this fork in the road, and, 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 and you know that you're coming to this fork in the road, and you're trying to decide what it is that you should do, what it is that is the right thing to do. Listen, wisdom is already there, ready to tell you, ready to point you in the, in the right direction. So if that be the case, and it is according to Scripture, then why, why are we so prone to take the road to foolishness? And maybe it's not you, maybe it's just me. Why am I so prone to take the road 
to foolishness. Well, let me give you a couple of things to think about. One is this. One of the reasons that we are so prone to take the road to foolishness is because we're not interested in the path of wisdom. It seldom looks as fun. It seldom looks as exciting. We're not interested in the path to wisdom because too many times it's not the direction that we want to go. It doesn't take us to the place that we want to go. So when we come to that fork of the road, and, and, I, and I'll show you in a minute about what, what wisdom is going to do when you get there, it, it, it's like, well, okay, i got a choice, and I really don't, I really don't want to go this way. I, w- I want to go my way. I, I want to go down this road because it looks more fun. I want to go down this road because it looks more exciting. I want to go down this road because that's really what I want to go do. So off down that road we go. Regardless of the circumstances or regardless of of the results of that, we are prone to do that. Here's the second reason. The second reason that we are prone to miss the path to wisdom and go down the road to foolishness. Are you ready for this? Think about this with me. The second reason is we have trouble hearing what wisdom is saying about what direction to go because of the noise in our lives. Sometimes we can't hear the voice of wisdom because there are so many other voices competing for our attention. Sometimes we can't hear the voice of wisdom because we we are tone deaf to that that voice. I've noticed that as I've gotten older, and and I blame it on uh, shooting shotguns all my my life, but but I I have a hard time making out voices, and particularly in a crowd with a lot of people talking, and someone will come and talk to me. I can do pretty good if I can watch their lips while they're, they're speaking to me, but apart from that, I, I, I have a dickens of a time sometimes in crowds making out what someone's trying to say to me. And the reason that is is because I, I continually have this ringing in the right ear because I shoot left-handed, right? And I'm just getting old. I know that's going to be a surprise to many of you, but and, and, and I'm told that the older you get, that hearing could be a problem. But, but, but think about that with me. We, we live in a time where there are so many voices vying for our attention. So many voices trying to get our attention, trying to get us to do this or to do that. That sometimes, sometimes we can't figure out what wisdom is saying because all these other voices are trying to get us to listen to them. Now, here's the crazy thing about it. Look at the first of the chapter. The crazy thing about not being able to hear the voice of wisdom at the crossroads, at the fork in the road, did you see it? The crazy thing about that is that wisdom is actually shouting at us. Wisdom is not whispering, play, hey, Joe, go this way. Wisdom isn't whispering. But whisper, uh, wisdom is calling out. It, it's, wisdom is shouting at us, trying to, trying to be heard above all the din, trying to be heard above all the noise. Wisdom is shouting at us, go this way. And wisdom isn't doing that because it's arrogant or obnoxious. Wisdom really wants us to make the right choice. So imagine as you come to that crossroad, it's not that that we can't hear wisdom as much as it is we just choose to ignore it. Because wisdom is shouting at us, do this, don't do that, do this. This is the wise choice. This is the wise thing to do. Here's another crazy thing about wisdom. Did did, did you notice in verse 5 that it's not not there just for the elect or the select, 
But that wisdom is available to all of us, every one of us. Look in verse 5. Wisdom is, is trying to speak to the simple. I think I fit in that category. Wisdom is speaking to the foolish. I know that I fit in that category. But understand, understand that if wisdom is speaking to the simple and to the foolish, then wisdom is also speaking to the wise. Guess what we just learned? Wisdom is speaking to all of us. Wisdom is trying to engage every one of us at the fork in the road. You know, it doesn't matter how many times you've taken the road to foolishness. I love this. It doesn't matter how many times you've taken the road to foolishness. At the next fork in the road, wisdom is there. Because wisdom has not given up on you. Wisdom will be there at the next fork in the road. And, and, and wisdom is going to be offering you the wise choice. The question is, who are you going to listen to? Look in verse 5 some more. The Bible tells us that we should listen to wisdom. Why? Because wisdom's words are noble. Isn't that an interesting statement? That wisdom, wisdom's words are noble. You know what that means? It means that the words of wisdom raise the standard. That the words of wisdom always tell us what is right, always tell us what is true, always tell us what is best. Wisdom never says anything to be ashamed of. Wisdom never says anything that needs to be taken back. There's never anything wrong with what wisdom speaks to us. Look in verse 9. Wisdom always makes sense to those who want to understand on the other hand, wisdom makes no sense to the one who's committed to taking the road to foolishness. You stand, at the, you stand at the fork in the road and you want to go down the road to foolishness and there's the path of wisdom. And wisdom is shouting at you, go this way. And you glance down that, that, that path, you think, I don't want to go do that. That's not what I want to do. I want to go do this. I'm just going to ignore what wisdom's saying and I'm going to go do what I want to do. That's what, we're, that's what we're being cautioned about. That's what we're being warned against. That folks reject wisdom because it will take them in a direction that they don't want to go. You know, as, as, a, as a pastor uh, for 20 years in Marlowe, there were many times that people would come and sit in my office and say, Joe, I've got a decision to make. And the reality is by the time they got to me, they really had their decision made. What they wanted me to do was do some kind of papal blessing, and I, I never know quite how that goes, but, you know, a good Baptist preacher is going to try, right? And they would come, and they would tell me about their, their, their incredible decision that they had to make, and, they, and basically, again, they were telling me what they were going to do. They just wanted me to bless it. They wanted me to tell me, yeah, that's a good thing right there, and sometimes, sometimes it was, but sometimes it was anything but a good thing. Sometimes they'd come and say, I'm going to get a divorce. Well, I'm not going to say blessings on that. Why? Because that's stupid. You don't do that. That's where you can amen. You don't do that. <laughs> Marriage is meant to be a, for, for a lifelong commitment. That's not Joe. That's the Bible. Or, or, or they, 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 you know, they would tell me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit my job. Well, how are you going to feed your family? I don't know. Well, then don't do that. My greatest counseling technique was to look at someone and say, that's stupid. <laughs> Don't do it. It's stupid. Are you here? And people would quit coming to see me because they would know that I, that was my technique. Stupid. That's stupid too. That's three stupids. You've won the prize. 
Because, because, you see, we have to reject wisdom to do the stupid thing. We have to reject wisdom to go down the path to foolishness. We get to verse 10. We are reminded just how important, just how critical wisdom is. Look at what it says. We are to take hold. We are to grab hold of wisdom. I I, I would ask you, what, what do you have hold of? This morning, what are you hanging on to? Because what the writer of Proverbs is telling us, what wisdom is saying to us this morning, is that wisdom is more important than jewels and silver and gold. To turn loose of things like jewels and silver and gold and grab hold of wisdom. Now, that's an interesting thing. You look in that verse, it's a very interesting thing. Why would it tell us to let go of things like jewels and silver and gold and grab hold of wisdom? Here's something for you to take home with you. The reason the scripture says that is a reminder that you just can't have it all. As much as our culture tells us that you can have it all and you deserve it all, the reality is you can't. Your hands aren't that big. Your life isn't that big. You can't have everything, folks. You you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have it all. So you've got to make a decision. What are you going to hang on to and what are you going to turn loose of? What are you going to to turn loose? What What are you going to finally admit is not that important to you And what are you finally going to admit is really important to you? What are you going to turn loose of? What are you going to hang on to? That may be one of the most important things I say to you this morning. Because I'm going to tell you, whatever you're hanging on to, you've already made an excuse for hanging on to it. That's the reason you got hold of it. And for you to let go of it, it has to be a conscious decision. So what you got to decide is what you're, what you're hanging on to. Is it second best? Is it third best? Am I missing out on first best because I'm, I've got my hands full of second best and third best? What's more important? What do you need to let go of so you can grab hold of the thing that you need the most? As I told you, it's a great chapter, isn't it? Man, it's just some, it's just some good stuff. Wisdom is more valuable to us. I'll take that back. Wisdom should be more valuable to us than silver and gold. And again, we we were reminded we can't have it all. We have to choose what it is that we want in life. And, And when we're faced with a choice, what we choose, here it comes now. When we're faced with a choice, what we choose proves what we value. And what we value determines what direction we take when we come to the fork in the road. Did you hear me? What you, what you turn loose of and what you grab hold of is proof of what you value. And what you value will always determine which direction you go when you come to the crossroads, when you come to the fork in the road. Always. You will always prove what's most valuable to you by the direction that you go, by the decision that you make. This, this Luke in verse 10 and verse 19 are trying to teach us that there's nothing more valuable than wisdom. 
Nothing. So we, we ought to take hold of wisdom, even when it means we have to let go of something else, even when that something else seems to be very valuable to us. So you, you have to decide what's most important, and you have to grab hold of that. But so many times, friends, you've got to let go of what you think is important to, to hang on to what is most important. You remember, what time is it? You, you, remember, you remember the story of Moses out in the wilderness after he'd been out there for like 40 years and God shows up in the burning, you remember the burning bush episode? What a crazy story is that? And Moses is standing there in the hot sand barefooted. And that, that would be hard on a guy that wears boots every day of his life like I do because the bottom of my feet are just a little bit tender. And I, can you imagine standing on that hot sand barefooted and yet there's Moses talking to a voice that's coming out of a burning bush. And, and, and in, the, in, the, in, in the process of that conversation, God says to Moses, what's that you got in your hand? Well, it's my, it's, it's my rod, it's my staff. It's what I make my living with. It's the emblem of what I do. It's how I protect myself. It's how I protect my investment. These sheep, it's my rod, it's my staff. You remember what God told him to do? God said, throw it down. Throw it down. But, but God, this is my livelihood. This is, how, this is what I lean on when I get tired. This is, this is what I use to protect my investment. This is what I use to protect myself. This, this is me. This staff is me. God says to Moses, throw it down. Turn loose of it. And Moses does. You know what happens? You remember? Huh? That's not a rhetorical question. You can shout the answer to that one out. A snake! I'm going to tell you, at that point, I'm done with the shepherd business. (laughs) When God tells me to get a hold of that snake, there's some trouble. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. We, we can bring somebody else in to grab the snake. And it's interesting that God tells Moses when he, to grab the snake to grab it by the tail. I don't grab snakes on any part of their little slimy bodies, but I'm smart enough to know you don't grab hold of the tail because you've left the business end loose, right? And them rascals will turn around and bite you, right? And, and I don't care what kind of snake it is. Every snake is, is, is a coppermouth rattlemoxkin to me. They... they they may not be deadly, but I will hurt myself or somebody else trying to get away from those rascals. And God said, throw the rod down. And Moses threw it down and it turned into a snake. And God said, grab it by the tail. I, I'm, if I'm Moses, that's in, in the deal right there. In, in, I love God and I want, to be, I want to be obedient to God. But no, no, I can't do that. But you know the amazing thing about it? As soon as he grabbed it, it turned back into a rod. Do you, you remember this story? And from that point on, that's not Moses' staff. From that point on, it's the rod of God. So there are times in our lives when we are choosing what's most valuable and God is telling us to turn loose of this, what we believe to be most valuable. We have to turn loose of it. And it's not uncommon for God to allow us to turn right back around and pick it back up, but it's different when we pick it back up than when we laid it down. You can't have a handful of silver and gold and jewels and a handful of wisdom at the same time. What are you going to choose? And I know it's church, right? And this morning, every one of our answers is, we choose wisdom, Joe. Yeah, I know we do. And then a little bit, we're going to go get in our car, and we're going to go somewhere, and I think, man, some silver and some gold and jewels would be really sweet right now, right? 
When, when, when I go to Freddy's to get a hamburger, I can't pay in wisdom. It's nice to have some of the other valuable stuff, right? What are you going to do? What are you going to hang on to? What are you going to turn loose of so that you can have the best thing? Now, let's look in verses 22 through 31. Again, we don't have time to read it, but you can scan, scan through there. As you begin in verse 22, the Bible makes an interesting statement. It says that God possessed wisdom from the start. What does it mean? It means his wisdom was instrumental in every aspect of creation. That God has hardwired wisdom into every detail of the cosmos. Wisdom is, listen, wisdom is more than just a, a few handy little tips that we ought to live by. And that's really what we want when, when, when we come to church. Just, if the preacher just give me two or three things I can do, two or three little handy tips, and I can take those home and think about them, that will be fine. Listen, wisdom is more than some handy tips. Wisdom, as you look in these verses, what you discover is that wisdom is the code that unlocks how everything works in the universe. Because everything that God did, God did with wisdom. Look in verses 24 and t- through 26. We find wisdom at, the work, at work in the very initial stages of creation when everything was without form and was, was void, when, when things were just sort of messy. And then wisdom is already there and wisdom is already present and wisdom is at work bringing, bringing order and purpose to the creation. And as a result of that, it's creation that, that is designed to work by a set of very elegant and irrevocable laws that God put into place. And you know what? When we try to break those laws, it always is to our detriment. When we try to live in a way different from what the Scripture says, we're trying to break these elegant, irrevocable laws that God hardwired into the universe. We break those at, at our own peril. And it might look fun, and it it might look exciting, and it may look better, but I'm going to tell you, friend, when you make the conscious decision to live differently than the Word of God says you are supposed to live, than the Word of God says that I'm supposed to live, we we are addressing our own peril. We are making decisions that are going to take us further and further away from the things of God. Listen, God has designed human life. God has designed our existence. He has put into place the rules that govern our lives. And when we break those rules, when we break those rules, we'll find that life simply doesn't work like we thought it would. You know, the reality is, the reality is your life may be a bit messy right now. Maybe maybe that has to do with your marriage. Maybe it has to do with your kids. And boy, isn't life always messy with your kids. I kept thinking as, as ours got older and got into adulthood, it'd be less messy. No, no, it may not be quite as much mess, but it's, it's bigger mess. We know that, right? There are some of us this morning whose lives are just a mess. Our marriage, our kids, our jobs, our church, you, you may be struggling with that sense of emptiness or wondering if there's really any purpose to your life. Stay with me. But here's what I'm going to say. 
If this morning you would say, you know what, Joe, my life is a mess. My marriage is a mess. My relationship with my kids is a mess. My life is empty. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm here for. I, I don't know what my purpose is. Listen, the solution to that situation is to turn to God. To open yourself to God. To fear the things that God has put into place. To hear what wisdom says to you. To allow wisdom to recreate your life. One of, the, one of the most amazing things about our existence is that every time we come to a fork in the road, every time we come to a crossroad, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to allow God to recreate my life. It doesn't matter how far down that road to foolishness I've gone. It doesn't matter how many times I've fallen off into the pit of stupid. Every fork in the road that I come to is an opportunity for God, through his wisdom, to recreate who I am. You see, at the end of the day, wisdom is the one true necessity of life. Look at verse 36. You'll want to underline this one. Look in verse 36. Verse 36 teaches us that trying to live without wisdom only brings injury to yourself. You see it? You try to live without the wisdom of God, you're going to bring injury to yourself. It is not going to work out. And you're going to, you're going to try to convince me, hey, I figured this out. I deserve this. I need this. This is what I'm going to do. I don't care what everybody else is saying. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what God says. I don't care what wisdom is. This is how I'm going to live my life. Listen, friend, you are setting yourself up to, for injury. You're going to hurt yourself, and chances are you're going to hurt some other people close by you. But at least the Scripture warns us that it's going to bring injury to you. So how do you escape that injury? How do you escape that? Listen, the, the wisdom that you need to live well is found only in Jesus. I'm going to tell you something about this wisdom business. <laughs> it is available to those that are living in the depths of foolishness right now. It is, it is available to those that don't know right from wrong right now. It is available to those of us that think we know everything right now. Wisdom is available to all of us. Why? Because wisdom always stands at every fork in the road yelling at us, go this way, do, this, do it this way. This is what you need to do. Wisdom speaks to all of us at all times. So the, end, the question is, what are you going to do with what wisdom is communicating to you? What are you going to do with that? You ignore it at your own peril. You ignore it to, uh, only to injure yourself. You, go, you hear it and you obey it to the blessing of life. And understand that it's only found in Jesus. Only and always found in Jesus. Isn't it interesting that it's available to all? That's that inclusive, inclusive nature of the gospel. But it's only in Jesus, and that's the exclusive nature of the gospel. Available to every one of us, but only in Jesus. Wisdom available to you today, sir. Dear lady, wisdom available to you today. Are you willing to turn loose? 
of what you have thought is so valuable in your life? Are you willing to turn loose of it so that you can grab hold of wisdom? Are you willing to turn out, turn down all the noise, all the voices, and listen intently for the voice of wisdom telling you to go this way? You bow your head, please. You realize, you realize that right now, everyone in this room is at a fork in the road, right? Everyone in this room right now is at a fork in the road. Are you willing to turn loose of what you think is so important and grab hold of what the Bible teaches is ultimately important? Are you willing? Are you willing to turn your back on the way you've been doing it or the way you want to do it? And are you willing to turn toward Jesus and his way? The altar is open. If you need to come and just on your face before the Lord, ask him to forgive you being on this, this road to foolishness so many times and ask him to teach you and to tell you and to speak into you this path of wisdom. We're going to sing for just a couple of moments. We're going to encourage you to come.